Hello everyone, welcome to the Hillfields Church Podcast where we talk about Jesus, how much we love him and what he's doing in our church. Here's this week's message. We pray it blesses you, but most importantly, that it changes you. Check it out. Uh, I know some of you are wondering why I'm wearing a suit. Well, the main reason is I'm a single man, so... You know, my wife might be watching right now. If you're watching right now, okay, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you're a single man, you're a target, you know? It's tough out here. But uh, <laughs> that is not why I wear this suit, I promise you. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if, if my wife does see me, you got to do what you got to do, okay? <laughs> Stuff out here. But uh, we are going to be in John... Eight, not the whole time, but just to start. Um, I pray that today, like Rich said, oh, hello. <laughs> um, you're not hearing from me, you're hearing from God, and yeah, I'm just here to be a vessel, uh, here to be used, but you just have to hear my voice. So when God reminds you of what was said, it'll be my voice. That's odd while you're asleep, but anyway. John 8, verse 12. I'm just going to read it quickly. When Jesus spoke again, you know what? I was going to move forward, but I can't do it. I cannot do it without doing this first. Uh, Can I just get this side of the room? Can you give me an ah? Ah. (laughs) I said an ah. All right, we'll make do with that. Can I get this side? All right, so we're doomed either key, okay? So we're just going to go with any key, right? (laughs) Right. If you didn't know, right, tomorrow is Rich's birthday, right? So as much as I would like to keep going, I can't do it without us doing a happy birthday. You tried to get away with it. I see what you did. You tried to get away with it. He's not getting away with it. It's also Webster's birthday tomorrow as well. So, yeah. So we're just going to sing them happy birthday. Ah, ah, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to He's hitting this right now. Happy birthday, dear Richard. And Webster, birthday to you. I'm sorry, Webster. I was the one. I remembered you. I remembered you. <laughs> All right, John 8, uh, verse 12 says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So I just want you to keep that verse in mind. Um, Just to remind you as well, I know you've heard of African preachers and you think this is going to be six hours. You are wrong. It's going to be eight. Okay, so (laughs) it's not going to be eight hours, but it's going to be quick. But I just want to do some of that. (laughs) Sorry, I'm taking liberties here. Uh, (laughs) This is something I've always wanted to do. My dad does this when he preaches. So I'm just going to do it. If I say hello, I want you to say amen. Just say amen. amen. Hello. Amen. It worked out. <laughs> yeah, he does that. So, so it's like instinct now. He's just like, hello. Amen. Oh, you, you don't have to do it then, but you did it. Oh, wow, amazing. So I read that verse that says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, 
but will have the light of life. I have an odd relationship with light. So, as you can see, there's lights in here. I was doing pre-worship earlier with Rich, and there's a massive light. So, I use a lot of light in what I do, filming, all that stuff. So, I'm very comfortable with light in terms of filming. I'm not comfortable with light in terms of my other daily life. So when I'm at home in my room, I actually don't use the light. I use a lamp. So it's always dark. It's always dark and I'm on my computer. Are you, you're the same, yeah? Right. Are you sensitive to fake light. Oh, wow. Fake light. There's a preacher. Hey. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not going to go there. But oh, thank you. The next one. Lord, put it in the bank. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm really bad with like just natural uh, lights that we use, but I love the lights that I use when I do filming, but they are so bright, which makes it a bit weird. But in my room, it's always dim. If you go upstairs when I'm in the office, the lights are always off for some reason. Everyone comes in, it's like, Joe, turn the lights on. Like, go in the kitchen. If it's dark, I'm just there making a coffee. You can't see me, only my teeth. <laughs> but, but I'm still doing it. <laughs> I'm still going to be in the dark. <laughs> but, but I have an odd relationship with the light. <laughs> I didn't mean, I sounded a bit racist, but no, no. <laughs> let's leave that, let's leave that to the side. So it's, maybe it's just an ambience thing, I don't know, maybe it's an ambience thing for me, but I don't know if you get into a dim environment, does it make you a little bit sleepy? I'm the same. Like I get a little bit, well, <laughs> anything makes me sleepy, but <laughs> oh, now I've got to tell them what. So my, okay, if you didn't know my middle name, my middle name is called Mukai. That means wake up. <laughs> if you know me, you know how ironic that is. <laughs> because I sleep everywhere. On the corner of that table, I could fall asleep right now. I'm telling you, two minutes. But anyway, <laughs> like a cat, yeah. So it gives you a false, a little sense of tiredness. And I feel like that's what we're like in our faith. Is that when your light is a little bit dim, there's a little bit of tiredness in our faith. There's a little bit of weariness. There's a little bit of like, oh, I'm not taking care of what God is asking me to take care of. So today I'm just going to talk a little bit about why that might be sometimes a little bit of deadness in our faith. Uh, why, you know, I'm just talking about deadness and there's a lot of vibrance in this room. So <laughs> remind yourself, you are in vibrance. But um, for anyone who's in that place of maybe a little bit of deadness, a little bit of uh, your light is dimmed. Um, yeah, I'm just going to speak to you today and it's for everybody. So but my prayer is that one person will come out with something. At least one will come out not the same. Okay. So that verse, whoever follows me, um, that means Jesus is the giver of true life. That leads to eternal life. I'm talking about a spiritual light. I'm not just talking about lights like I just did the illustration. I'm talking about a light which is Jesus. Because when we invite him in, we become a light. We become, we start to shine bright. So... Shine bright? Like, no, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk to you about that. So, if you go back a little bit in chapter 8 of John, uh, from verse 1 to 11, I'm just going to read it. So, it says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. So, that's the very first thing. If you see that in the Bible, when he says Mount of Olives, most likely he's going to pray. And Jesus always went to pray. That's something that we should always think about before you make a decision, before you talk to someone, before you give advice, pray. I am one who gives advice 
and then sometimes goes, um, yeah, by the way, what I said, forget everything I just said. I just read in the Bible, don't do that. <laughs> so pray, ask God, and he will reveal it. Um, so it says, verse 2, at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, commanded, in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any, of, any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. First of all, I want you to know God does not condemn you. Amen? Amen. He does not condemn you. Uh, I think sometimes we've done a disservice of telling people that they need to be perfect to get into the presence of God. And that's just not the truth. We've seen it in us, in all of us. Every single one of us was in a dead place and God plucked us out. And I just want to highlight something that Jesus does in this. It says that as she was still standing there, Jesus straightened up. So for all of that time where she was uh, standing there and all of them were leaving, Jesus was stooped down. He was still lower. He, he put himself in her place almost. He, 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 he stooped down to her level while everyone else was leaving because they knew they couldn't accuse her. And then he straightened up and he said, I don't condemn you. You know why they all left? Because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness can never overcome it. I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus talks about being the light of the world directly after this occurs. Or at least, I don't think it's a coincidence where it's placed in the Bible. But one thing happened to this woman that I believe he wants for all of us, and really the reason for this message, is that what was in the dark was brought to light. Now, when I read this, I'm like, man, that's a harsh way for things to come to light. I mean, she was caught in adultery. She was probably holding her clothes, probably a little bit like, you know, ashamed, probably feeling guilty. But what was in the dark was brought to light. And I just want to remind you that they wanted to trap Jesus in his words. And I was thinking about that. I was like, she wasn't even really the person they wanted to attack. She was basically collateral. And actually... If you really think about it, the enemy wants to be God. You're just collateral. The world is just collateral. And really, the reality is, <laughs> what they did wrong is that they put a woman in front of someone who can forgive her sins. They thought they were trapping him, but what they did, they put someone who was in a broken place right in front of the one who can save her. Do you know what? You've been in a broken place, but you've been put right here, right here to know that there's someone who can save you. 
There's someone who loves you. There's someone who made sure that you're in this place at the right time. That's something. That ta- something. That's something. <laughs> I, think I think we were doing Jamaican songs. I was like, yo, yeah, something to get glad about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, it got in my spirit, didn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but also to just remind you that sometimes we think rejection of others is because of us. But they're just rejecting Jesus. They're not rejecting you. You're important to God. You're more than a conqueror. But when people turn away from you, remind yourself, oh, they turned away from Jesus. The creator of everything. The one who really we have no business turning away from. The one who loves us better than anyone could ever love us. They turned away from him. So if they turn away from you, don't worry. Just say (laughs) bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Stop it, Karina. She's bringing my sauce out, man. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> but I just want to say, for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. Now, what this woman went through, as harsh as it might have felt as you're reading it, the joy that was set before her, she may not have even known that's what was going to happen. You may not even know when you're going through something that God's going to bring you out. You may not know how far it's going to go, how, where you're going to, where you, where's, where's the light? I don't know where the light is in the tunnel. But if for the joy that is set before you, if you have Christ, it is worth it, trust me, to give him everything. That is what I'm saying. So if you're even in that place of bondage, it's worth it to reveal it to him. And say, Lord, I don't want this. Amen? Amen? Thank God she was exposed to the one who forgives sins. You know, we think exposure of our sin is the thing that will break us. And yet God is using that very thing to break the chains. And it's like, when we confess, we do something else really important. I believe confession of sin and repentance, uh, not because we want to expose ourselves or to make ourselves squirm or make ourselves feel ashamed, is one of the things that God really put in place. One, because he's holy and he's just. But two, because he loves us and he wants fellowship with you. But a holy God cannot be in two camps. He can't be in two camps. So for us, uh, when you're not feeling very bright, very, your light is very dim, remind yourself, let me confess. I know it sounds really like almost like I'm asking you to do something that's like, oh, that's really. No, it's actually a great thing. How amazing is it to have someone you can confess to? Someone you can say, Lord, ah, I did that thing. Yeah, you did that thing. And you, and you can say, Lord, I'm sorry. But not because you have a get-out-of-jail card, but because you know that the one I'm talking to wants me to live a life pure. And I'm giving it to him to start that journey. You're always starting that journey again. Um, I think I skipped, but you know what? It's fine. Instead of confessing to the Lord, we try and let time do the job. Have you ever tried to do this? Like, you're, you're going through something or you're, um, you're struggling, and then you go, you know what, I'll give it time. I'll give it time. Lord, I'll, I'll give it three months. You know, if I don't do it in three months, then, then I'm all good. Really, God, I've reconciled with you. But guess what? Time has never forgiven sins. I don't remember time having forgiven sins. <laughs> I mean, I would have loved that <laughs> at the time. 
But time has only ever reminded me that there's no time left. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Because once you're in Jesus, you're not even living in time anymore. Do you know that? You're, in, you're now in eternity. And when you're in eternity, there is what clock? The clock that's really on your mind is, how many people can I get saved? You know, I, I'm seeing Kai, I mean, every day. Oh, my gosh, Kai, chill, right? <laughs> Kai's like, oh, yeah, I just spoke to someone. Um, they want to know Jesus. So is there anyone I can get to baptize them? I was like, what? Wait, you did salvation and baptism in the same conversation? He's like, yeah, so obviously I just uh, went for a stroll and found a guy on the street. He wants to know Jesus now. I'm like, what? How are you doing this? <laughs> but it's the light that God puts in us. It's not that people are seeing anything special. I am not anything special, but everything that's special in me is just Jesus in me. So if it's coming out of you and you're like, well, what's, what's up with you? It's not you. <laughs> it's Jesus in you. Amen? All right, so uh, let's take the story. So really... The reason why I brought up confession, to be honest, is that sometimes when we don't confess, we don't give God something, it's hard to progress in our faith. It's hard to go to the next stage. It's, I call it next stage, but really it's hard to just move on with God in your relationship with him. And I take this story, uh, has anyone heard of the story of Akan? Uh, so if you don't know, it's Akan uh, was part of Joshua's um, people of Israel, uh, when Jericho fell down. So it's in Joshua 7. Um, and basically, Jericho fell down because they shouted the walls down. Yeah, sorry, shameless plug. Go get our album. It's on iTunes, um, Spotify. But anyway. Uh, but right after, God was like, there's certain things that I have set apart for me. When you go to the next journey... Don't touch any of that. Just go. But I can. I can chose to be that guy. He chose to be that guy. So if you're going to steal some spoons in there, by the way, in the kitchen, please don't. I want to see a revival. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so don't do it. But anyway, it says, Joshua 7 verse 1. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Akan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now, Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. I believe that God is calling us again to holiness. Holiness requires a choice being made. I'm either both feet in or I'm not at all. And what does that look like for us? I guess it's the things you used to use in order to cope. You just don't run to anymore. I know it's not that simple. I know some of you might be thinking, oh, yeah, but you're not in my body. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not. But I go through the same thing. Um, I go through temptation. I go through the same thing. We all go through things. But with Christ, we have someone to run to. With Christ, we have someone to walk with. But he's not a genie in the box. 
He's not a genie in a box. We get out when we need him. He's there in those moments, but he's also there when you're not feeling tempted. And actually, in those moments, you strengthen for the moments you do get tempted. So um, the things that the flesh wants need to submit to the things of the spirit. And I feel like uh, I learned this in life group. <laughs> uh, shameless plug, we have life groups every... Anyway, uh, <laughs> sometimes we idolize the word mistakes. And I feel like I've done that a lot in my life. I've idolized the word mistakes so I don't have to face the sin that I'm in. You know, I say, oh, I just made a mistake. It's like, no, you saw the door and there was another door, but you ran to that door. That wasn't a mistake. (laughs) A mistake is when you run into the right door and then something comes that you didn't anticipate. But when you've thought it out, when you've made a decision, I'm going to run to that. It's not a mistake. And sometimes I do this, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I just made a mistake. I know full well. It was calculated. (laughs) I knew what I was doing. (laughs) It was very calculated. But what would stop us sometimes is that not using that I stumbled and fell. How many times have we said I stumbled and fell into worship? How many times have we said I stumbled and fell into my Bible? Now, The reason why I say that is that to be able to do that, you have to be around it enough. To be able to mistakenly fall into worship. How many times have you been around people, you're just talking, and God comes up, and then you find yourselves worshiping? To me, that's not a mistake, obviously. But I'm saying just use the same logic. Almost like, oh, I just ended up here. Why don't we just end up in the presence of God? That's the best thing. I'd love to just always end up in the presence of God always end up seeing God do miracles, always end up seeing God do things he's never done in my life before. And you can do that when you're around it enough. That's why I know my pastor is always saying, get to church. He doesn't say it like that, I promise. He doesn't say it like that. But that's why, because he knows God will do something in your life. That if you're around it, if you're around the people of God, if you're around the things of God, something is going to happen in you, no matter whether you like it or not. Yes, you might think, I don't want to fall in the Holy Spirit. It's not that weird, I promise. It's just a heat sensation. Maybe you might fall and hit your head, but it's okay. Because God knows that beforehand. God knows that before. Uh, (laughs) But what I'm saying is, when I'm talking about sin, I'm not saying this to condemn anyone. Because guess what? The one who has the right to condemn you doesn't condemn you. I say this to say, let's go and sin no more. Not because we're perfect, because we're not, but because he said so. That begins with confession and repentance. Proverbs 28, 13, if you want to write that down, says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Thank you, Dad. Psalm 32, 1 to 5 says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, 
and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. I just want to share just a, a dream I had the other day. I normally just, I'll be honest, whenever I get dreams, I get a little bit spooked and I'm like, nah, <laughs> it's chill. <laughs> I'm not writing that down. But uh, this one was a little bit vivid. So I was like, oh gosh, okay. Um, so there was a man who owned like a really massive house, pretty house, and it was right next to a church. And uh, it li- it, he lived with uh, other workers, but mainly lots of children, lots of young people, and um, almost like like an orphanage. It, it looked like that's what it looked like to me anyway. Um, and one of the days, sometimes what I would do, I guess, I want to say my character, um, but the person in the dream would go in and out, kind of like you know freely go and play with the other children, come back out. And every now and again, I'd come back out, and I'd see people coming out of the church. Uh, I saw my parents coming out of the church, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, whatever they're doing. But I'd go in and out into the house, in and out. And one of the days, uh, we were playing football. We are playing football in a room, and I kicked a ball, and it hit a window, and it broke. It broke. I've actually done that in real life, but, you know, it's fine. You didn't need to know that. But it broke, and then I went outside, and they came outside, and they were like, who did this? They lined them all up, lined all the children up, and they thought they saw someone else, and then I owned up. I was like, oh, my gosh, okay. No, I did it. They were going to take someone else. I said, I did it. And then I started walking. As I'm walking out, I said, you know, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll, I'll try and pay for it. I'll do whatever I can. Um, I'll come back tomorrow. And as I'm walking out, the, the leader, the, the man who, who was in the, in the house, Chucks a shoe at me. He chucks a shoe at me. I'm like, what? <laughs> yes, this is a weird dream. Chucks a shoe at me. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'm scared. And then I, I walk over to him. And he just, you know, steers me into this room. And there's other children in this room. And he's telling some of them, oh, you can't be online. They can't really talk to anyone. They can't, they're kind of subdued. So he hits me a little bit. I can't really feel it. But all I know is that I'm in this room with everybody, and it feels like we're actually being taken hostage. And I was like, what is, I, I don't understand what's going on. I said, Lord, I'm, 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 I, I'm getting up. And then he was like, <laughs> he was like, all right, lie down, I'll explain. He just, I thought about the dream, and he is waiting The enemy is okay with you coming in and out of the world because he knows God isn't. Now, sometimes we don't realize that. That it's easy to just come in and out of church, in and out of church, in and out of church. But really, the enemy's okay with it as long as you keep going back out to the world. He's not fighting that if he knows you're going back. And then I thought about the dream again. He is waiting for the moment where he has something to accuse you of to keep you in prison. I thought about the dream again, and I realized that the man never actually closed the door on me. He just chucked a shoe. He chucked a shoe, and I was scared enough to stay. And really, the enemy doesn't have power over you. He just chucks a load of shoes that make you stay in the same place, that make you stay in in a place of uh, confinement, of imprisonment. When really, the door is open. Shameless plug, Rich has a message. Go and check that out about this. Uh, 
And I just think we are directing our confession sometimes to people who cannot forgive our sins or point us to the one who forgives. When you've made a confession to the Lord, the enemy knows he's disarmed. So what does he do? Empty threats. Now I know we've gone through life, you've all gone through stuff, we've all gone through stuff, but I want you to know the enemy's threats are really empty when you have Christ. Because when you have Jesus in your heart, when you allow him in, your confession is so much more than just, oh yeah, so I did this and I did, no, he sees it and he says he is faithful and just to forgive. He's not just faithful. Remember, he's not just faithful. He's just. That means it's the right thing to do in his eyes if you confess and repent. And it made me think a lot, and I was like, okay. I really want you to know that you have confessed, some of you, and repented, but maybe you're just not living in light of the confession you made. And that sometimes we're living in so much shame when we really meant it and we asked God and we said, no, I don't want to live in that anymore. But we're not living in light of what we already made, the decision we made. Some of you, I believe, to an extent, you made the decision to walk with Christ, but maybe you're not living in light of this decision you made. And that's why last week's message, go check it out, intentional, is so important. Because now you're intentional with the decision that you already made to say, I'm following Christ. So I'm going to follow through with what he says. And I'm not going to let up. It's time to walk out of that darkness and into the light of life. You don't belong in that place anymore. I believe in Revival Week that God is also going to deal with people in such a way that makes them confident in the forgiveness that God has already given you. We need to be confident in that. Because if we're not confident, I don't know. If we're not confident, I don't know what you do with that. Because you don't feel forgiven, you can't forgive anyone else. So, on a lighter note, I'm just going to read Ephesians 4, get to the end, I promise. It's the shortest message you'll ever have in this church. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 21 to 24 says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful, your old sinful nature, and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Amen. Amen. Just want to use this one second. First time I've ever had to lift these. It's cool. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to show you why I actually wore a suit today. So, you know, a suit represents, you know, sophistication. <laughs> Suave. <laughs> represents, uh, you know, someone who's got it together, basically. Someone who's, you know, elite, right? <laughs> That's what it means in this world anyway. And I just want to remind you that... What we do sometimes is that we spend our time trying to look the part. Everyone's been asking me today, why, why are you wearing a suit? And I was like, well, I'm just looking the part, ain't I? 
Just looking the part, looking a proper sort, mate. I'm looking, looking the part. And I want to remind you that your righteousness is like filthy rags to God. And reality is, if you don't strip this back and we don't see the dirt that's behind here, if you don't show God exactly what is in us, exactly what's there, this can never really be cleared. If we're always walking around like this, this might feel perfect to you. I'm telling you now, confession and repentance will allow God to make this into as white as snow. Honestly, he loves you that much. And I just want to remind you, amen. Man, it's been itchy. <laughs> it's been really itchy. I just want to remind you, this is not real dirt. This is hot chocolate juice. But anyway, <laughs> it's my favorite shirt. You know. Anyway, but, but I want to encourage you that maybe, just maybe, on the other end of your confession is something you have never experienced before. For some of you, God has put visions and dreams that will come to pass because of your decision to be holy. For some of you, God has put songs that will reach the far corners of the earth and also bring healing to this estate. For some of you, God has anointed you to proclaim the gospel to all who we hear and thousands will be saved. I believe that. For some of you, there is a voice that has been silenced by sin that once it's freed, you will tell demons to leave people's minds and they will leave. Amen. On the other end. Some of you, God has put programs that will take young people from a life of crime and drugs to a life devoted serving Jesus. On the other end of confession, there is healing. On the other end of a confession, there is freedom. On the other end of a confession, there is the ability to just see rightly. On the other end of a confession is God's heart. On the other end of a confession is pouring out of the Holy Spirit. On the other end of a confession is a light that cannot be hidden. And at the other end of confession is salvation through Christ. If everyone could just stand. I want to speak directly to anyone in here who doesn't know who Jesus is. You're living in darkness, but you want to now live in the light. Well, today's the day that what's in the dark will come to light. That the soul that you have that is living in darkness will now come to the light of life, which is Jesus. And the light of life, why is he called that? Because he brings life. He brings life. That light can only bring life. But sin and death brings, comes from darkness, comes from the enemy. So if you want to know Jesus, I'm just going to use, is it there? Uh, thank you. Only bit of running I'll do this week. That's fine. Thank you, Rob. I always want to do that. Worship team. Uh, <laughs> receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior will bring you out of darkness into the light. I say this as someone who has been through that, who thought they were in the light, and God reminded me, uh, yeah, you're not. <laughs> and I had to go on my own journey, not my parents' journey, but my own, to find out who Jesus really is. And if you're afraid to know who Jesus is, look around you. This is what Jesus does. And we're not here because we're perfect. We're here because he said, come as you are, but I will not leave you as you are. So today, if you want to know Jesus, we're just going to pray this prayer. Everyone's going to pray. 
um, if you just shut your eyes and we're going to pray together. It just says, Father God, please forgive me for ignoring you and doing things my way. I choose today to turn from my old way of living. And now I want to live a life following your Bible. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. And defeating death that I can have eternal life. I call on your name and ask, please come into my life. That I would be saved. Holy Spirit, I ask. Will you come fill me that I would never be the same again? Amen. So if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, I just want you to be brave. And as everyone's eyes shut, I just want you on the count of three to put your hand up and say, I am willing to receive Jesus in my heart and I want to live a life for him. One, two, three. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for a house of salvation. A house filled with people that love you. He's already been baptized, but he knows the Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow.